Welcome to CrossFit versus Pregnancy, the podcast for the first time or new fit mum who's looking for reassurance and guidance about training throughout their pregnancy. I'm Misha, a coach who went from competitive bodybuilder to crossfitter to expecting first-time mum all in 18 months. Having searched through what feels like the entire web for do's and don'ts, I realised that the best way I could prepare for a CrossFit baby would be to speak to those with first-hand experience and share mine week by week. From coaches to athletes, new mums to veteran parents, you can follow my CrossFit pregnancy journey as well as learn from those who have successfully lived through it. Welcome back guys. This is episode seven of CrossFit versus Pregnancy, although today we are going to take a slightly different turn. We are going to be talking about nutrition in pregnancy and although, yes, this podcast is absolutely targeted at mums who train, I think most mums who train and are into fitness have an interest in health and their internal health and therefore nutrition is definitely a part of that. And as you will have learned from listening so far, um, there is some NHS, NHS advice out there, but it isn't necessarily always explaining the why. And that is something that I love to understand. So today I am joined by a very special human being who I absolutely love. She is unbelievably intelligent. I'm quite intimidated by her brain, to be honest. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about my guest. She holds a first class honours degree in human nutrition and biochemistry. She is a master of research in performance nutrition and dietary socioculture um, master as well. I, I think I've got that right. So basically, my guest is a nutritional research scientist. Have I said that, that right? <laughs> yeah. In a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell. She has done so much, as including currently working with the government, um, which we were just talking about. And honestly, we could talk about it all day, but we're here to talk about pregnancy today and we're going to try and remind ourselves of that. So we are in really good hands. We're going to talk about a number of things, ranging from what it was like when, when she was pregnant 15 years ago, right up to today, and the current... Um, advice and recommendations and we're going to talk a bit more about the why those recommendations are out so without further ado introducing natalie rouse hello oh, thank you so much that's so amazing that's oh, so <laughs> did you not nice to hear oh, it it's so gorgeous and it's kind of like i know i've just not to go off on the tangents my brain is chaos <laughs> <laughs> we know yeah so natalie like natalie has the has the uh, tendency to talk very quickly yes, I need to so swim. you might need to slow down the podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a minus one point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, also today is the first live recording that I'm doing. We've I've never done a live recording before. Um, I'm fortunate that Natalie lives in Hereford, my town. Well, not my town, but you know what I mean. Um, we tried to do this the other day, and the connection was just awful. I think it was a combination of my where, where right. I live and a dead zone and really poor tech on my side. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> It just, when when I was trying to get this connection going and I couldn't hear Natalie at all, I thought this is going to be a complete waste of both of our times. Why didn't you just come over? So here we are, we're doing it live and I'm super excited. It's really nice to have a bit of a change of pace and talk about nutrition as well. It's something that really interests me and without going into too much detail because I'm going to get blown away by Natalie's research and expertise, 
I've literally just finished um, a short course in nutrition and pregnancy. So it really is something that interests me and is close to my heart, obviously, right now. I'm just 19 weeks today, so I'm almost halfway. It is exciting. Um, but I think what's interested me from the start, apart from understanding more about training, which I think there is probably less information out there, nutrition is such an important part of my life as a competitive athlete, as a bodybuilder, which, oh, by the way, Natalie also is a competitive bodybuilder, so we're in good hands from the fitness point of view as well. Um, I think most people in performance or competitive sport will have an interest in their health and nutrition so i want to have a look at this in a bit more depth so natalie tell us a little bit about how nutrition needs to change if at all in pregnancy just as a general summary yeah so as kind of a general across the whole board whether mm -hmm. you're into fitness or, or whether you're not i think it's one of those pivotal time if you're uh, kind of thinking about getting pregnant or if you just found out that you are pregnant mm -hmm. to really start looking at what you're eating and I think kind of taking all these little messages that we hear through the media, which can be quite confusing, but it's just kind of taking a bit of a reassess. Is what you're eating really fresh? Is it wholesome? Yeah. Is it recognisable? Would your grandparents have recognised it? Generally, if that's the case, then it's good stuff. That's <laughs> you know? a really good yeah. way of looking at it. I think if it's packaged or it's been advertised, nine times out of ten, it's probably not the best thing to go for. And it doesn't look like food no. as well, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. If it doesn't look like it, it's not going to be it. Mm -hmm. And again, the more processed the food is, and we're seeing such a huge kind of explosion of mm -hmm. over-processed, ultra-processed food. It's void of um, vitamins, minerals, and all the, all the essential things that we need to grow a baby. Of course, we need our macronutrients, so our proteins, our fats, our carbohydrates, but it's all those little other bits and pieces, right. like our vitamins, our minerals, and where they're coming from. So mm. kind of sometimes taking a supplement doesn't really cut it. Mm. You need to have it in its whole food, in its whole food matrix. For example, a piece of spinach comes with lots of fibre, it comes with all its bioactives, it comes with all its metabolites. When it's in your gut, your gut can then take it apart because that's what it's designed to do. We can uptake it, we can take what we need, we dispose of what we don't. Yep. If you take a supplement, sometimes you can be a little bit overcautious. I know in the past I have been, I'm like, oh, excellent, I'll have more of that. Yep. And the next thing, you've got too much of it or your body can't deal with it. And everything in your body needs balance, it needs its homeostasis mm. and it needs ratios. So all of your nutrients work together. So for example, magnesium works with a calcium, yep. um, potassium works with um, sodium, mm -hmm. and these keep your chemical balances so we can intake food and we can get rid of toxins, beautifully balanced, ridiculously complex. But again, we don't need to worry about that, we just need to get good food in. I kind of want to know, though. <laughs> yeah. I kind of do, no, 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 <laughs> we won't go into that deep. But okay, so when you say, of course, and I couldn't agree more, um, it's the first opportunity if you don't sort of think too much about your food it's a great opportunity for you to really consider what you're eating and and that it's not just about you now um something that we were just talking about and again we won't go deep dive too much into this but i find it fascinating um is how much what you eat in pregnancy and we'll come on to specifics about recommendations shortly influences your baby not just immediately after birth, but in future years when they're growing as well. So tell us a little bit about why that is. Yeah, so kind of, obviously everything that we're eating, our baby directly will take what it needs. Mm. So some people, even if they're under eating, which I absolutely would never recommend, but you see this kind of across the globe, unfortunately mm. with people that face the famine, the baby will take generally what it needs. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people after they give birth, they feel that they've lost part of themselves and they generally have. <laughs> because right. literally the body will suck away what it needs. Mm -hmm. But you need to have those nutrients in there to provide the baby to have the utmost health. Obviously, neurological development must come from omega-3 fatty acids. It must yeah. come from your fats. Obviously, protein is essential to make sure the baby's got strong, strong muscles. Um, 
the rest of it everything's got to be there but if you're not eating particularly well or it's not not sufficient the baby then is going to be insufficient or going to be undernourished and then that has can have not always but can have repercussions um, in health and as I was kind of mentioning before kind of with them um, this particular study and they took meconium samples so mm. baby's first poo and when you have your baby <laughs> they're, they're going to be asking you loads about poo yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a big topic after the baby's born because obviously it shows how healthy they are um, it was a South American study and they just basically took uh, samples of them they run them through data um, just to kind of see um, what um, microbiome was within that baby and what they were finding that kind of at birth they could generally then start to identify what um, perhaps diseases later on in life mm. that baby would be predisposed to get such as diabetes maybe a stroke and again that was generally impacted because the mother was eating a lot of refined foods a lot of fatty foods obviously that's then going to impact the baby and right. if you're generally eating a diet that is insufficient of fresh produce mm-hmm. or it's just insufficient of micronutrients your vitamins and your minerals and all the rest of it then your baby is also going to be deficient right um, and this does have long-term effects of course when the baby's born it might then take on a better nutritional strategy but why not address it whilst you're pregnant absolutely i think the thing that you have referred to on, an, on a couple of occasions now um, while we're talking is the importance of micronutrients so yeah. just give us a summary of what a micronutrient yeah. is so your micronutrients are your vitamins and minerals kind of in in the most simplest terms so yeah. obviously vitamins everything from vitamin b vitamin b12 yep. vitamin a vitamin c and the rest of it and then obviously then your minerals would be magnesium potassium uh, phosphorus examples for example yeah now actually interesting when you're pregnant so your body doesn't actually need more of these to, to make a baby mm-hmm. but these recommendations are already based on people that are already sufficient in these micronutrients yeah. mm-hmm. so although it's saying you don't need to have more of them or the baby doesn't actually demand more of them if you're already deficient you're already going to be in a deficient state and across the globe at the minute so there's the the national diet and nutrition survey for ndns anyone can access it you can go online and kind of access it whenever you want to Mm -hmm. and automatically it's kind of showing that a lot of people of childbearing age are already very deficient in things Mm. like calcium um, selenium iodine all of these things that are essential for neurological development and neurological and neurotube development so the things that are absolutely essential to grow a really healthy baby yeah 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 but a lot of us don't know so sometimes it's because people perhaps are eating a poor diet other right. people don't know they're eating a poor diet mm-hmm. so again it can be a little bit of misinformation as well and availability of food has got to be one as well right yeah. and i mean we're very fortunate i mean and i feel even to say in comparison to somewhere like the states yeah. you know we're so fortunate here that we are smacked in the face daily you know you go to the supermarket pretty much the first aisle you go down is the fresh produce yeah. aisle right if you go to america it's much harder to <laughs> find those things i mean i can only talk from a handful of experiences and that's a hugely developed country so for countries that are less developed as well it's going to be even more extreme yeah. those devastations of um deficiencies um but just yeah to, just to make, make a note on the one there's only one um supplement or one vitamin which probably you do need to, to supplement okay. so this is the only one actually that is recommended by second which is kind of the governmental mm-hmm. recommendation kind of platform and that would be folate so folate is vitamin b9 mm-hmm. or you can buy it on the shelves as folic acid which is the oxidized form of folate and that's completely kind of you know um, been shown generations you know back when i was pregnant previously my parents were pregnant <laughs> for years and years that that helps just develop neuro, the neural tube um, and if you are deficient in that you can obviously um, have quite negative re- repercussions on the baby so that's mm-hmm. one thing that has really good clinical advice amazing um, and again you can take that don't overtake it <laughs> if it says take one a day on the packet take one a day on the packet mm-hmm. more does not be better yeah. but you still want to get your leafy greens which are a really good source of it legumes again a really good source of, vit- of vitamin b9 
But again, they're things that we don't necessarily eat an awful lot of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think something that I found really interesting in this course talking about folate was some supplements, um, our body, some, let me get this right, some micronutrients that are in our foods, our body, we would need to eat either a lot of it to get the right amount, or um, our body finds it harder to actually uptake those micronutrients. And I think folate was one of them. So they actually suggest that supplementation is the much easier and better, better way, essentially, yeah. of taking up that it's, micronutrient. It's kind of one of the very rare ways. So often it's kind of like, eat whole foods and right. you want to chop up, where actually folate exactly. is a little bit different. And that's yeah. generally because folate's in legumes and in leafy greens and really fibrous foods. And it's actually very, very hard for our bodies to break these down. Right. So they, some of these foods have things called anti-nutrient factors, um, such as tannins, sarpenes, various other bits and pieces, and um, kind of phytic acid. Yeah. And these basically inhibit the uptake of some nutrients. Now, they can be really beneficial to health. So before you kind of go, right, I'm not going to eat spinach again or eat legume again, they can actually be really beneficial for our health too, yeah, yeah. on things like lowering cholesterol. So they're not yeah. a negative in that, that sense. But things that are really, really important at that stage of life, such as uh, vitamin B9, folate, then yes, definitely kind of get a, get a supplement in just to kind of cover all bases. Mm -hmm. I think you know, if in doubt, just get these things covered, right. bit of peace of mind, and then you know that you're onto a good. Absolutely, and this is also for pre-pregnancy as well. Absolutely. I was I was informed yep. when trying to con conceive a baby that folate was something that was really beneficial. So it's a little bit. It takes a while for your bodies to kind of uh, folate is a, a water soluble vitamin, but we still need our bodies to kind of have it on a, on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, and, and any kind of thing that is a water soluble vitamin, uh, which is the B vitamins, vitamin B, uh, vitamin C, for example. They, they get in and out of our system quite quickly. Okay. So we do need to kind of keep them topped up. Right. So it's quite important to kind of keep those, keep those just kind of going along. If you're quite interested, you can always kind of take a, a pregnancy supplement. Right. Because I think the one danger is sometimes, especially fitness kind of people, I know that we're all, we're all really, really guilty for it, we'll read an article and go, oh, we must be deficient in magnesium, for you example. Wanna, you <laughs> want to see my supplements, mate. It is probably, I'm actually quite possible. embarrassed to show you. <laughs> we must be deficient in magnesium. Yeah. So I'll go and buy portion of magnesium and being the person I am or I'll have, I'll have six of those yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah I won't just have to recommend a yeah. dose I'll go more yeah <laughs> because our body desperately needs these balances right the problem is with self-dosing self and self-diagnosing mm. is we'll go to say Holland and Barrett wherever you buy stuff and we'll start cherry picking the things that we recognize yep and not necessarily having the things right balance of need. them yes right. the ratio of them yeah. and the next thing we know we're either having it in it's very expensive urine because we're just urinating it out yeah <laughs> or we actually then could have toxicity levels so again there's kind of it could be a very expensive way to have no no effect or it could actually be a very expensive detrimental to your health so if in doubt take a pregnancy specific vitamin or, or, or supplement because it's created with the right ratios Got and, it. and that, that's the cross the board for even if you're not pregnant go for something that's already been formulated well so that you know that everything's covered at the right ratios and then you don't need to worry about being kind of like yourself pharmaceuticals yeah. <laughs> absolutely that's that's a really good point um okay so let before we get on to specifics of recommendations currently let's talk a little bit about um 15 years ago yeah right <laughs> yeah natalie has you wouldn't think it to see her honestly she has a 15 year old daughter and um, we were talking briefly about this just before um, we hit record. Uh, how different, if at all, were the recommendations for nutrition around, around nutrition in pregnancy? And did you seek any advice from anyone at that time so, as well? There was quite a lot of information, but it was very generic. So it was like, okay. oh, go and look at the NHS website. Don't put on too much weight. That was like the first thing. 
I completely put on too much weight. Um, so <laughs> so there, was, there was lots and lots of guidelines in that way. And I thought I was quite healthy beforehand, but I was going to mention before, I, I did a competition just before. Right. So my body was probably very deficient. Yeah. I was, it was the first time I ever competed, which mm-hmm. as I'm sure anyone else that's ever kind of, whether they've done bikini competitions to bodybuilding competitions, the first time you diet, and it was years ago before everyone had good coaches, mm-hmm. it was like I ate chicken and potatoes repetitively for weeks. Months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know that diet. Yeah. It, was, it was horrendous. And then at one point they're like, they take out the potatoes too, so it was just chicken. Yeah. Um, it was horrendous. Um, <laughs> so as soon as I kind of finished that, I think I finished that competition in the November. I was then pregnant in the April mm-hmm. following. So obviously Which isn't my, long. wasn't long at all. And did you stop having periods with I your I didn't, actually. Oh, so interesting. My body's always been pretty good like that. Oh, that is or good. annoying. <laughs> no, good. It's always been very, very good. So I think it's been... I must be just quite fertile. I think my body's just kind of... It's just surging, you know. <laughs> but that's always been quite regular, mm. which probably can sometimes be a bit of a hiding perhaps something that is going on because sometimes if i think we worry if our pregnant if our periods can stop because we kind of know them it's like a big it's a big sign right. that our bodies are not happy that yeah, we're yeah. with our hormones we're yeah. not meant to be that lean yeah bad. absolutely <laughs> but when you're, when you're still having periods you kind of go oh maybe i'm okay yeah. maybe i'm not lean enough right and that that's when it starts meddling with your head and yeah. then you kind of have eating disorders or disordered eating and yeah all the other things which are probably a lot of people that are in bodybuilding getting pregnancy more so more so than crossfit that are getting pregnant mm. but again very much i think if anyone's thinking about fitness yeah we can then become very obsessional oh, and we, we might be we overly healthy so you know orthorexia you're yeah. becoming too healthy which might sound completely madness but it is you know you're kind of it's cutting out too many things mm. um and yes you're eating good food but you're either eating a lot of it or you're just cutting out a huge range so i think i went straight out of this competition deficient in everything i went to visit my friend who lived in france and <laughs> I literally ate everything. The first time I actually had ever come across Nutella, which was mad because I, I had a very, very <laughs> deprived life. I would never have ate it before, never would have thought about it. I would have been absolutely repulsed by the idea of uh-huh. like a chocolate spread. My God, I bought a kilo tub of it. <laughs> With a spoon. And we ate yeah. it before we came back. Yeah, yeah. That was mad. We bought like two kilo bags of M&M's. Like, and we ate those before we came it. back. The thing is, I'm not even acting surprised, Natalie, because I've been there, right? We all know that I've done bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. And I think back to my first competition. It's like this button that you can't turn off. No. And like, I was like, tomorrow, tomorrow will be different. Tomorrow I'll stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just cannot turn the urge off. And like you say, when there isn't that support or the good coaches or whatever, um, it's just, cool, well done, you've done your comp, bye. And then you're like, okay. I was like, like <laughs> losing my mind on eating. Yeah, so I, I having a picture. Remember, I kept a photo just to show people. Believe I me, did do I it. did do it. I did. But anyway, so you did the comp in November. You were pregnant by the April. Yeah, so that, that was all great. And actually, um, it, it didn't take me long to get pregnant at all. We kind of, I was actively wanting to get pregnant, so I wasn't all particularly surprised in that. Though. So it happened very, very quickly. So great. That, that was all, all good. But there wasn't an awful lot of advice. I mm. felt like I was fairly healthy in that after getting over all the, all the binging of all the crap, yeah. I did kind of get into quite a good place with that. And we just naturally always had quite good, healthy habits. Yeah. I was already qualified as a... Um, a nutritional therapist which back then was seen as kind of being a little bit hippie-ish a bit hocusy pocusy mm-hmm. nobody was t- particularly taking nutrition seriously then which yeah. is ironic because they're a decade on and it's, it's so important now yeah. but it was very much kind of like take your folic acid supplement everything else just make sure you eat lots of carbs you might need to have a bit more protein limit your fats and that was kind of it I put on an awful lot of weight <laughs> I have all the stretch marks to show it you definitely definitely have the carbs and it was good <laughs> I was loving life <laughs> I, just, I kind of almost wish now that I knew what I knew then, but I'm so glad that in some ways I didn't because I kind of I'm, I have such a beautiful perspective now of going. This is how I did do it. Don't do it. You know, yeah, I put yeah. on six and a half stone. It was it was ridiculous. Mm. 
I was active all the way through. So I was kind of really kept, kept kidding myself. Oh, but I'm really fit. I was literally training the day I went into labour. I was fine. Yeah. But I was waddling and yeah, <laughs> took yeah. a while for that to go. I mean, honestly, again, looking at that, you would never ever think that she could even put on six and a half stone. It was I impressive. Mean, it, was, it was another me. It was yeah, like, it's another, another person. Half me. It could be another person. Yeah. I mean, that's mad. Um, so, yeah. So basically what you're saying is the advice was minimal yeah and did you then feel like you needed to go and inform yourself or did you just kind of crack on with that advice the only thing they ever mentioned was don't put on too much weight but yet you could they they could see from their tracker i was putting on a lot of weight nobody said anything no to the point actually they told me at one point they thought the baby was going to be too small and probably perhaps because i was eating too much and i don't know what what the reason (laughs) was that the baby wasn't matching my growth i don't know um so i went and bought a book um, and it was the only thing i could find on the whole the whole web um, I remember I had a really, really boring afternoon. I was like, right, I'm going to Google it. And this, this book came up called Pregnancy Without Pounds. I remember it to the day. It had a beautiful front cover, but literally was the only thing. And mm. I, at the time, I was like, shall I buy it? Um, so I purchased it. It was really, really good. I don't know where I've left it. Somewhere, some, Someone's got it somewhere. Mm. But again, I've never found it again. So maybe. maybe but you said that was an American publication yeah. as well. So mm. it was very much just a woman's anecdotal of her journey. Right. Um, she was obviously very pioneering. At the time, everyone thought she was complete kind of a hippie. And oh, look, mm. she's doing nutrition. And people just thought that we ate, which makes it sound like it was in the dark ages. But people are like, oh, you just eat. Your body will take what you want. And if you get poorly, you take a medicine. Yeah. That really was, that was 15 years ago. Know, that wasn't long crazy. ago at all. You know? And I think people were beginning to, to really change. Um, and it wasn't until after I gave birth that my whole perspective on nutrition really flourished. And mm-hmm. yeah, my, my daughter had lots of allergies, which for other reasons, but you know, kind of it really kind of opened up a door of kind of interest. Mm. But there was such a huge hole of yeah. information. And, and, it, and I was looking for it. I was looking for information, yeah. but... Apart from exercise, even then people weren't really sure what they were right. wanting to do as now. <laughs> there's, still, yeah. there's a little bit of woolly about it. At least now nutrition has come on and we've got studies mm. or there's some, you know, kind of perspectives from across the globe that we can pull on, yeah. um, which has got to be beneficial. Oh, and I think there's there's got to be more to come, yeah. right? And there's something that we spoke about. I've said, you know, as a confident person um, in that I feel fairly informed, I, I really enjoy learning about a journey that I'm going through, yeah. whether it be pregnancy or training or whatever. So I'm putting my hands up and saying, test me, man. Yeah. Like, you know, when it comes to nutrition, I think it's e- it's probably easier to study the basics on a, on a woman that's pregnant without putting too much risk yeah. than it is training. Yeah, because... and people aren't looking to kind of test on you. or if, if, Even yeah. if you just kind of kept a food diary, mm-hmm. maybe take some blood tests, which you're having all the time anyway. Oh, God, you're <laughs> yeah. Take lots of urine tests. Probably take a stool samples, which I know sound gross, but mm-hmm. that's probably one of the best ways to determine your microbiome and how health is then. Yeah. And just track it. That would yeah. be incredible. Actually, yeah. that looks like I'm going to suggest it at work. <laughs> we need, we I'm, need... in, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be amazing because we'd have all this kind of look. At... And again, everyone's so individual. I think this is the frustrating thing with nutrition. Mm. I could talk to, I'd say, a, hundred, a group of 100 people and say to them, all have 30 grams of carbs, for example. We could then all do a blood test. Some of them would um, react very strongly with a blood glucose response. Other people wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So again, it is quite individual, but the best gold standard, which I'd love to see, um, is the developments in personalised nutrition. Yeah. So when pe- if people, again, it's very expensive at the minute, so it's a little bit elitist. But, but it's but, better than it was. Absolutely. It yeah. is better. And we do have these kind of things at the minute that, again, you can take finger prick tests. Again, it's not advised through pregnancy because, again, they don't have the expertise yeah. or even just the, the backing research to say this is what you should be having. Mm-hmm. But again, it's so interesting. We could say at this stage, perhaps you need a little bit more. And it's not until the oh, third trimester yeah. that you need to have a little bit more food. And generally, it's protein that we need more of. Yeah. And in our healthier people <laughs> or kind of people that are a bit more kind of exercise savvy, we're generally eating more protein anyway. Mm-hmm. So those kind of, kind of things are pretty covered. But yeah, I think personalised nutrition. 
hopefully will be the way forward. I think, well, if you think about it from the point of view of the fitness industry, and that's kind of what I relate most things to, because it's all my brain is, <laughs> is. Um, if you think about the, I suppose, transformation in direction and way of coaches, um, I think more people are expecting now that coaches um, that you approach for individualised, personalised yeah. advice are experts in their field. Now, unfortunately, um, I'm sure Nat would agree, a lot of these individuals, coaches, um, are not necessarily experts in their field, although they claim to be. Yeah. Um, and therefore, until you experience the lack of um, maybe experience for yourself, um, you can't know that. But unfortunately, what comes from that is the ill-informed um, go to an expert and actually don't get the right direction. Um, so I, I agree, although nutrition is something that is so much more, I hate to say it, but fashionable yeah. now. Um, it seems to be more interest of the general public as well. There's so much more on TV, yeah. you know, documentaries about the good, the bad and the ugly. Um but there still isn't really, I mean, you might say differently, but there still isn't really like, as an individual who's even in the industry, there isn't really kind of, um, I don't know, like a, a company or a direction that you would be pushed towards to, to get that individualized service around nutrition, whether it be in pregnancy or in ill health or in or in relating to fitness is is there somewhere that you can go it always seems that? to be a little bit too late so, so kind of it was yeah. kind of for example at 24 weeks you'll get tested for gestational diabetes mm -hmm. if you then show signs of having digit i can't say it, <laughs> gestational <laughs> diabetes <laughs> then you'll get referred to a dietitian whoa it's a bit late weeks. yeah it's more than halfway yeah it's like whoa why don't we kind of start, like, start addressing things first of all and I'm going to kind of sound a little contradictory in that there are some great people online. There are some mm. superb resources, but mm -hmm. they're just so hard to get hold of. Right. Everyone wants to see a statement or wants to see a picture. And often it's the people that don't put out the most fabulous picture or they Absolutely. don't kind of make this shocking statement. Because again, a shocking statement stands out. Mm -hmm. Then people kind of aren't necessarily finding the right, the right advice. Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps, you know, it takes a little bit of digging. Again, anything that kind of just has, has a research review or has some kind of backing or some reference at the bottom is generally just the best place to start. Absolutely, you just have a look, see what their see what their um their cohort study was, mm -hmm. or even just email the person. Most people now have a few links. Can you get in touch with the person that did the study? Mm -hmm. Quiz them, and and yeah. if they if they've done it, God, I'd be I was happy to talk about any research yeah. we're doing. Yeah, because we we just we're, once, we're in it. Yeah, we want to tell people about it because most people aren't interested. So if they are interested mm -hmm. on any, any studies, then ask them. But there's not. I can't actually think of one resource right. that would tell you what you want mm, there's absolutely. lots of little bits so you can kind of look at the british nutrition foundation you can look at um the british Diet uh, dietetics association you can look at the association for nutrition all of these different associations they'll give you recommendations but no one wants to commit and i think it's that fear that what if something goes wrong yeah oh well, it's yeah. always about that definitely it's really interesting i find i just find it fascinating and it actually everything that you've just said is very relevant to the main topic of this podcast which is yeah. training I have a vested interest in this, not only because I'm pregnant, but because I'm in the fitness industry and I find the topic fasc fascinating, I'm passionate about it. But actually for me to find the medical studies, the you know, the yeah. factual stuff, it took me months. Yeah, absolutely. Months. And we have, you know, we're so fortunate with the web and, and you know, how easy it is to, to find information now, but the majority of it that is pushed in your face is rubbish opinion like, <laughs> i hate to say it like that but it is it's it's someone's opinion who isn't an expert and there is no backing there is no fact there is no why 
Um, and in order for, you know, we were four episodes in, which was probably eight weeks into recording, until we found a, a medical study that was more recent than 2014, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, and we're people that are really trying hard to find this information. So, again, for people like you and I that have a vested interest because of our hobbies and our lifestyles and everything, we're going to sit and find this information. Yes. Yes. But for, like you say, the generalised population who perhaps only have access to their community midwife, they haven't got a vested interest to get home and think, I should probably yeah. research yeah. nutrition a little bit more. So coming on to that, let's talk more specifically now about the recommended guidelines. Is there a difference between trimester one, two and three? If we're kind of coming from you know, a fitness mind, we're already eating, hopefully, quite consciously yeah so i think that's where to start really kind of have a look at kind of what, what you're eating mm-hmm. we're not looking for anything to be completely radical or to, or to change anything completely completely crazy but actually just be a little bit objective and kind of look at it and think actually do i think there's anything missing on there okay so a lot of things we kind of we can track macros yeah uh, on some macro tracking apps sometimes it'll tell you your micronutrients but uh, yep. some of them are a little bit woolly and it doesn't necessarily mean that where you're getting your micronutrients from mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. and again very on, much on kind of a specific area to go across the globe for instance if you were to grow spinach you'd have some would be It'd super be rich yeah and some would be yeah. really really deficient mm-hmm. so again we're generally looking at our generals and this mm-hmm. is sometimes where an overall vitamin and mineral uh, supplement can be useful if, yeah. just in case you're worried if you're a little bit concerned if not just make sure that you're kind of having an abundance of different foods yeah this can sometimes be slightly tricky if you're feeling a bit nauseous or kind of mm. having sickness and as we kind of get later on in pregnancy, sometimes you can be really kind of prone to bloating because actually our uh, gastric emptying slows a little bit. Yep. So our whole digestive system slows down a little bit more. Oh, the hormones. Which is lovely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you might be a bit more farty. You might be a bit more bloated. You might be constipated. All these lovely things to think of. But again, actually, if you're exercising and, and drinking well and eating lots of food, mm. you're generally going to navigate those pretty well. Again, mm-hmm. a lot of this is general population studies. Yeah. So again, this is what most people might find. And we like to think that we're not most people. <laughs> you know, we're, yeah. we, we are kind of being a bit more conscious Absolutely. of ourselves. So again, I think it's just making sure that you're getting a a wide range of foods, that you're not cutting out any food groups. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're kind of entering into pregnancy and perhaps you do avoid food groups, then it's worth being a little bit more open-minded, I think, to things. Nice. Nothing wrong at all that if you can say, right, actually vegetarianism can get through pregnancy quite nicely because you've got the eggs, you've got got milk, you've got various other products Mm -hmm. which have a high bioavailability of calcium and phosphorus and protein and things like that. If you're a vegan, I think it's very tricky. Yeah. Um, and again, I wouldn't necessarily advocate a vegan diet during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, could be quite controversial. Absolutely. But again, it's not somewhere that I would ever recommend. No. But again, you're wanting kind of as much abundance as possible. So through kind of trimester one and two, providing that you're already kind of eating pretty well and that you're healthy, you yeah. don't have any kind of health complaints, you're feeling energetic apart from the fact that, you know, you're in trimester one and you're probably feeling a little bit tired, then eat the same. You might want to have a little bit more water because, again, Water's going to start kind of sitting around, around, around the stomach or around the baby, kind of in your amniotic fluid. So you will get more thirsty. You're going to get a little bit hotter. Not a problem. Just drink more water. Mm-hmm. As you get into trimester two, again, you generally feel a bit better. You kind of generally actually feel like you're amazing. Actually, yeah. I, loved, I loved being pregnant. It was the most fabulous time of life. Mm. Yeah, everything. I enjoyed it all. <laughs> so kind of that, trimester two is generally the same. Yeah. But trimester three, you begin to have a higher need of protein and fats. So you're actually, your um, caloric intake should go up by about 200 and generally, they said that should come from protein. Generally, mm-hmm. we're already eating enough protein. Yeah. Um, but again, there's nothing wrong with just topping up a few things. Okay, interesting. But there's actually nothing apart from folic acid that needs to increase, providing right. you are already eating at Got optimal it. levels. And most of us are not eating at optimal levels. Yeah. 
So one of the things that, so basically what we're saying is, it's about 10%. If the average person needs about 2,000 calories to maintain their body weight, about 10% yes. increase. Yeah. And most of that needs to come from protein, which as a, again, like we mentioned this earlier, as an informed athlete or someone who has an invested interest in their health or fitness or body or whatever um most of those people are already eating yep. a decent amount of protein so in that instance say the person was already eating adequate mm -hmm. amounts of protein would they still need to increase it or would... so I, I think then you're probably kind of in one of those areas that probably hasn't been actually researched but again from yeah. purely this is purely my my kind of point of view so again this isn't necessarily correct but i would say that you need to ensure that you're getting good fats in yeah. that is absolutely integral without omega-3 fatty acids neurological development can't be can't be made mm -hmm. and also have a little think to yourself because i know that coming kind of from this industry sometimes we'll see that people have disordered eating or eating disordered yeah. past so we need to make sure that perhaps you're not worried about gaining weight yeah so you might look at it and say am i actually eating enough carbohydrates mm. where sometimes we'd say to people whoa you're eating far too much refined bits and pieces mm -hmm. i'm certainly not not encouraging refined food but start thinking actually could i put some better carbohydrates in yeah yeah so kind of maybe just a, a slight increase on good quality food is what we're looking for mm -hmm. and also begin to trust your body if your body yeah. is beginning to want more this is the time of life that you need to probably eat some more. Mm -hmm. And again, not having kind of that whole craving mentality. Oh, I fancy this. Actually, or eating for two, yeah, which yeah. is rubbish. <laughs> you don't yeah. need to eat for two at all. Mm -hmm. But what you do need to, I think, is just be a little bit more, just be really calm. Have a little think to yourself. Do I need a little bit more? Am I tired because perhaps I need some more rest and I'm just mm -hmm. not sleeping particularly well? Or am I tired because I actually need a little bit more carbs in my body? Yeah. And I think it's, it's I trust your body quite well. And as fitness or your healthy, hopefully minded people, we generally are quite in tune with our bodies. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just kind of, just, just keep believing in yourself. Have a little more trust in yourself. Yeah, I like that. And and that's something that in the general population is quite difficult for people. Yeah. You know, I work as a coach mostly with people who haven't got a vested interest in fitness or have never had to or never consciously considered, you know, really what they're eating and, and what the balance of their food looks like. So actually, again, if we relate this to people who perhaps aren't as informed or have a vested interest... Um, they might not be aware that you know their their body is saying that they need more um, food and therefore they're going to do the X Y or Z. They're just going to panic or they're going to overconsume or they're going to read something that they like and follow that yeah. <laughs> rather than read something that they should be listening to. Um, and it's all opinion. So um, yeah, it's 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 so tricky. <laughs> it's so tricky. I do not envy the NHS. I do not envy you know the government. But there definitely is more that can be done to promote i mean everything that you've said so far makes complete sense to me i'll be again if i relate my experience currently being pregnant um i have not had any i've not been informed in any way about um changing my nutrition now whether that's because they've seen me and they've thought she, yeah. she knows that's pretty terrible if they have thought that you know making assumptions based on someone's look however you know i have seen now i've been to um the community midwife twice i have seen uh, a consultant in hospital i've also seen i'm very fortunate i feel i've also seen a midwife in hospital not one person has mentioned nutrition to me and i'm and i'm a week away from being halfway it's scary and i think the, That's the weird scary. thing is if your baby was poorly or if you were poorly you would probably have seen a dietitian though. right so that, that's kind of the, they, they just, there's, as I say, that whole assumption. I also think that there is that fear. So I've not, there's, there's a lady that I know that at one point she was um, quite chronically overweight when she was pre-am during pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and they were almost, she was like, she was waiting for them to say, you need to lose a bit of weight. Mm -hmm. And she said they were almost kind of too scared to. Yeah. I think people are almost kind of like, 
we don't want to rock a boat, they don't want to give some kind of information, they'll tell you what not to eat. So I think that's one thing that I was informed with. Yeah. Um, and, and that really hasn't changed we'll come now. To that. Yeah, so we'll there's kind of a little list of things that you really shouldn't eat, yeah. just, um, just to kind of keep away from on the safe side. But apart from that, there was never any other, a lot of it kind of came from perhaps my mum gave me some advice. Yeah. Or yeah. everyone kind of has, has a, an opinion, which can be lovely, but also can be a little bit, woo. Oh, <laughs> you know, no. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. I think something you just said there is so relevant in the society that we live in, not just pregnancy as well, that people find it really uncomfortable to approach someone who perhaps is uh overweight or obese and almost avoids having that conversation even in a medical environment but yet we have no fear about telling someone they're too thin yes it's mad and actually being overweight is a really big huge uh, can be a huge risk in pregnancy equally being chronically underweight is a massive risk in pregnancy so again there's nothing wrong with kind of you know approaching or, or, or they will say sometimes eat a healthy balanced diet what does that mean? That's not our... informative, though, yeah. is it? That person sat in front of you, whether they are overweight, average weight, or underweight, yeah. might not have a clue. Exactly. And they might think, I do that. And it's all formed I... on our kind of habits and our perceptions. Right. If, we, if we're a third generation not cooking from scratch, people yeah. which have worked with in the past, they have, it wouldn't even cross their mind to, to cook from scratch because we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, so absolutely. So why would we even yeah. think about that? Yeah. And then again, it's not people's, perhaps, it's not them being, um, you know, not caring or, or not kind of putting in the effort. No. It just doesn't even cross their mind. Mm. Why would they even think about it? Or it might not be a priority. Also, mm. we see kind of cohorts of people, again, not so much in fitness areas, but if their if their bunch of friends are all bigger or all yep. the same weight, mm-hmm. then they're, they're actually, well, it's just normal. It's, it's yeah. all very desensitisation. So yeah. again, it can be that we're kind of just in our own little bubbles and we begin yeah. to kind of think, not kind of see the outer world. Sometimes. And that's yeah, true in families, the way you're brought up, you know, and, and, and something that I find completely fascinating is that, and, and I was actually telling um, Natalie this earlier, and I still truly firmly believe it, that, um, so basically just relating to our family and how influenced we are by, um, you know, uh, our mums and, you know, talking about pregnancy with my mum and that kind of thing. I know, I have an older brother, he's two and a half years older than me. I know that when my mum was pregnant with my brother, she had a really wonderfully healthy pregnancy. She stuck to all the guidelines, she exercised, she didn't put on excess amounts of weight. My brother is, can turn down food. He is, you know, um, not someone that has to try really hard to keep weight off. He eats quite a lot of processed food. He will open his hands and say he's a sugar addict, but he doesn't, he's tall, slim, and you know, he's he's in good shape for someone who, he, he exercises, but not like me. Me, on the other hand, my mum uh, put on a lot of weight. She kind of went, ah, fuck it, and just <laughs> <She's having a> <laughs> <great> <laughs> ate the world. She said that she couldn't put, put, she just couldn't say no. She ate all the sugar, all the cake. And I'm convinced, and always have been, and now I've been doing a bit more research, um, feel like it's I've got some scientific backing from it now, that my mum's habits of when I was growing inside her have influenced my body shape. They've also influenced my habits, my behavioural habits in terms of talking about food. Um, So specifically what I mean by that is I've never been someone that has been able to eat what I like. I've always either had to be very conscious about what I put in my mouth or exercise regularly. And when I say regularly, I don't mean just three times a week walking. I mean you know, there is an intensity there. Um, I have to be really conscious about what I eat. Yes, I'm not saying I'm a perfectionist. Of course I'm not. I've got biscuits on my counter um, and I love all food, but I've always struggled with um, 
wanting to eat huge amounts of food at one time without realizing that I'm perhaps not what is perceived as eating a normal portion. You know, even as a child, I would be wanting to eat more and more and more and more and never really understand why no one else wanted to eat more and more and more around me. And um, as I started getting into fitness, you know, into my teens, I started to think more into it and speak to my mum about these things. And I was like, it's your fault. It's your fault that I struggle to lose weight and I have to really consciously think about it. Look at, look at Joss, my brother. He's fine. You were slim with him. Like, it's your fault. Um, so actually, this, this brings me on to what I find so fascinating about nutrition is that importance of why it's so important um, for mums to be conscious about, you know, ticking all the boxes that you've mentioned, the micronutrients, the correct balance of um, macros, not putting on excess weight, um, you know, and this isn't just for the development, you know, the, the all the important development of the fetus, it's also later on in life, and this is absolutely true right so it's quite a cohort of study at the minute which is a really interesting area called epigenetics so it's yeah. all, all about kind of what the mother is eating and how that kind of Im impacts what we have to remember as well with females is that our eggs are already within the fetus so technically it's our grandparents that influences a female because they're already in do you know so it's kind of a, it's, it's already so it's there. my nan's fault so it's your nan's fault <laughs> <laughs> don't blame your mother <laughs> I can't blame my nan. She's not with us anymore. So that's really massive. We're kind of seeing all these kind of people kind of coming forward. And actually, it probably will be a few generations right. that we're actually going to see a big shitstorm kind of happening with people that are deficient, having deficient babies. And there's this kind of yeah, rolling. Yeah. I paint a beautiful picture of what yeah, the world's no, going to be. But I do think there's going to kind of be, at some point, a bit of an explosion with it. But also kind of stress. Stress is a massive one. So when, when we're stressed, we kind of pump out um, glucose into our bloodstream, so our fight and flight, we've never evolved from that kind of, you know, mechanism. And that begins then to kind of you know, stress the fetus as well. And also then they can be um, either born being um, mental health or it can be just kind of that they're, they're just more predisposed to being diabetic. And actually diabetic seems to be one of the recurring kind of yeah. know, things that comes up. If ever anything is slightly out of whack, it's usually... And kind of the diabetic side of it and also things like ensuring that we've got enough omega-3 fatty acids so also saying that folate is kind of probably the only micronutrient that we need to take i think again it's always just worth kind of just kind of covering all bases and making sure that everything's there but omega-3 fatty acids as a nation we are so deficient in them so how do we get that so again oily fish would be the best way and then most people when i tell them that they go, oh but i don't like oily fish i don't right. like salmon <laughs> so okay so for example if you have a vegetarian or perhaps a vegan as yeah. well so let's cover all bases oily fish i love that so yeah. we're good what other ways can we get it yeah so we can get it from walnuts we can get it from chia seeds we get it from flax seeds we the best source without a shadow of doubt is your fish yeah because it's highly bioavailable it yep. comes in epa dha and dpa they are the three main long chain fatty acids they're essential for neurological development and on a slight tangent children that generally have kind of attention deficit disorder mm -hmm. um or they're slightly, slightly autistic generally i'm not saying that you can reverse it but if you pop a little bit of that into their diet it just kind of settles things down a little bit amazing it, amazing it's essential for the brain if you yeah. don't have omega-3 our brains don't develop mm. so at any point of life if you're feeling a bit anxious chuck a bit of omega-3 in again don't go, <laughs> don't go overboard but maximum five grams a day so and like uh, feeling anxious i need some salmon yeah <laughs> get it in again, whole foods are better get it in salmon yeah. you've got the protein there you've got the oily fish mm -hmm. it comes in its whole food matrix we then absorb the amount that we need mm -hmm. highly bioavailable perfect but again not everybody likes that right. that's fine mm -hmm. so you can have salmon and mackerel I'm sorry, uh, sardines and mackerel and all the other things. Mm -hmm. A bit more smelly. So again, probably salmon's probably the <laughs> easier option. You can get plant-based versions. You can also get it from algae. So kind of algae oil yes. is very, very good. Yeah. So I'd say gold standard 
salmon or krill oil. Mm-hmm. Don't go for cod liver oil because cod liver is where generally there's high levels of vitamin A, which can be quite high in toxicity, and you don't want to have too much vitamin A when you're pregnant. I was going to come be, onto yeah, that, I've written that down. That'll be our little avoid list, I'll come onto that yeah, in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, I wouldn't go for cod liver oil, go for fish body oil, krill oil. If you don't like that, or you don't like the aftertaste, go for algae oil. Mm-hmm. Excellent, you can get that everywhere now, that's really, really good. You can then kind of get sea greens, kind of sea, um, sea oil, which is really, really good. So again, mm. it's kind of a slice of an algae oil. Mm. If you don't like that either, then you can kind of go down the wall. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're over. <laughs> Give up. <laughs> it, it would be kind of a, a, a seed base. Yeah, sure. Black seed is very good. Chia seed is very good. Mm. Walnut seed is very good. But there's always a, always a caveat. It comes in the form of ALA, alpha linoleic acid, and our body must again convert it into those particular right. DHA and EPA, and the, diver- the conversion rate is poor. Right, okay. Just because the body has enzymes that are trying to fight for it to be converted into all different things. We so generally that's have... from the seeds that you mentioned? Yeah, yeah. Right. Again, you can get it concentrated, so again, there's a tablet for everything. Yeah. <laughs> we could have a conversation on, you've got, got an ailment, have, have a child, have a capsule, have another capsule. But you can have them. Uh, absolutely great. I'm, I'm a big fan of um, flaxseed oil in particular. I think you can get that in. It doesn't have any nasty aftertaste. Mm-hmm. It's very, very highly bioavailable. But again, your body does still have to convert it into mm-hmm. that omega-3. Yeah. But again, it's better to get that in than not at Something. all. Yeah, so if you, if you mm-hmm. there are people that I work with and they're like, oh, you don't want to have a fish oil, don't worry about it. Yeah. Have, you know, just top it up with, with a seed oil. Absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Just don't go overboard. Keep always to the manufacturer's instructions, which probably sounds really repetitive and boring, but they all differ slightly yeah. because of the different source. So just make sure, read the back of the got label, it. keep to the label. <laughs> so question that I've got about that, or maybe it's advice, may, I want to ask if it's the right advice. Something that I read... <laughs> And I don't have a problem with taking omega-3. I like salmon. I don't eat it that often. So I always make sure that I take my omega-3. It's a habit from bodybuilding days too. So that's a staple in my diet. But quite a few people that I work with or know have really struggled to take it because when they take it, they can taste it, which I've never had. But I get it. Um, It's going to be a very strong taste. Something that I read was freeze them. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and then have them. Is that okay? Absolutely. Well, they should be kept in the fridge anyway. So, oh, omega 3 fatty acid. Put mine in the fridge in a minute. <laughs> in, in, a, in a nutshell, a long chain fatty acid is very, very volatile. The reason it's so fabulous is that they are long, they only have a couple of double bonds. Our bodies uptake them, they have these specific roles. We can't make them in our body. So, most foods or most, um, most nutrients our bodies can kind of take and start forming other nutrients out of mm. them, or they can start recycling them. But you can't do that with omega 3. We don't have a diet generally that's that's abundant in them. For yeah. an island nation, which we would have years ago, had lots of fish. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. So again, we're generally deficient in those. So what we do want to do is kind of just be getting in as, as much as we can, when we can, mm-hmm. within a reason. If you put them in the fridge, then it just keeps them stable. So as soon as you start to heat long-chain fatty acids, the same goes for olive oil, even though that's a slightly different oil, that's not an omega-3, um, it begins to go rancid when you kind of cook it and it goes very, very volatile. Yeah. So yeah, you just don't want them to get, be getting hot. So Interesting. In the, yeah, keep them in the fridge. The or freezer. The freezer. Yeah, freezer because it stops it. Generally, though, if, if you do have an acid aftertaste, it's generally a poor quality oil. There you go. Or, <laughs> on, a, on the flip side, so first of all, my first recommendation would be it's a poor quality oil. There's some really good quality oils out yeah. there. And I can always give you a little list afterwards if you want to kind of recommend any. Um, but you could also then um, look at just kind of, yeah, get, get them from Whole Foods. I think that, that's the main thing. Yeah. Occasionally, we don't have enough stomach acid. And that's when we get kind of um, like reflux. reflux. So, yeah. So mm. it could be that it's a poor quality oil. Or it could be that we're just kind of not digesting it particularly well. Mm-hmm. And as you go on in pregnancy, and generally as the baby's kind of pushing up against the stomach, yeah. you will get acid reflux, and then that won't be because Lovely. it's a poor quality oil. <laughs> don't, don't go, I'm going to spend all my Sudden, money on really Suddenly <laughs> it's all gone downhill. Yeah. Yeah. It um, is just because it's going to start refluxing, yeah. just because you, you've got a foot. <laughs> you've got a foot in your stomach. <laughs> you know, so it's mad, mad. We won't, I am not going to think about that yet. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so let's talk about the restrictions. Yes. So there's a couple of avoid list. Um, these do fluctuate, which is quite interesting. So kind of, as I said, after I got pregnant, went to go visit my friend in France. And whilst I was pregnant, I went back. And what was advice in France was different to what was advice. Yeah. This was 15 years ago. But there's also a, the, the advice across the globe yeah. is so diverse. Different everywhere. So yeah. this is the UK advice. Cool. And again, let's stick as, to as that. I'd usually say, eat what you're eating. If you're not eating anything too fancy, <laughs> if you're pretty you know, repetitive, keep with that. <laughs> but generally, you don't want to be eating any unripened cheese, blue cheeses, things like brie, gorgonzola, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Generally, because it has bacteria in it, and as, as we kind of mentioned earlier, our immune system lessens when yep. we're pregnant, because otherwise our body would attack the fetus, so we don't want that. Um, but again, it can just sometimes make, the, basically the body would, wouldn't be able to fit up, mm. kind of fight off that, that certain pathogen. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that one there, and that'd be because of listeria. Um, you don't want any uncooked meat, which again, generally we're not we're not kind of chewing on a steak <laughs> unless it's mm -hmm. been cooked. But again, just make sure you cook it well. It doesn't mean that you have to have overcooked everything but just make sure that it's cooked properly you don't yeah. have to be overly cautious about it just cook things properly yeah um, that's kind of the main thing there. so what about if i was to go to a restaurant and have a rare steak would that so, be unadvised in advice yeah. yeah i'd say just just best to kind of go for medium cool. just, just just kind of all oh, well done it depends how much good you to like know, it because i'm a rare kind of gal <laughs> yes, so that's yes. good <laughs> just yeah. about, and to be honest we're only really kind of cooking things because it's that outer side of the meat mm -hmm. that will have bacteria Got inside it. the meat so you're cooking just basically just burn because i've just killed it off yeah so inside you're generally not going to have the bacteria there yeah. but just to be on the safe side sure go for go for yeah. something that's cooked well um also, anything kind of like liver, you don't want to be eating. So liver is very, very high in vitamin A. Your baby needs vitamin A, but the amount that you'd be getting if you're eating liver products quite often, same goes for pate, then you're going to have too much of it and it can become quite right. toxic. This is one of the things that is different in America because I looked for the, as you mentioned earlier, the multivitamin in pregnancy. And in the UK, the laws are, they cannot, in, in a multivitamin for pregnancy, they cannot include vitamin A because like you say, um, you don't want to overdose on it. In America, all the pregnancy multivitamins have vitamin A in them. So why, why yeah. does it well, differ we need so vitamin much? A. So I think this kind of could, can become quite kind of um, worrying. So again, my little research back when I was pregnant, I read once that I couldn't have, well, I read that vitamin A wasn't good and I worried about vitamin A. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I can't have vitamin A. <laughs> And actually, looking back at it, vitamin A is essential. It, yeah, it's yeah. also called retinol. Retinol because it's used for our eyes. It's mm -hmm. also for neurological development. We need it for our cellular function. So you need it. It's just that too much of it can Got cause it. defects. Mm -hmm. And again, it's always nondescript. This could cause a defect. They don't say what. But, you know, yeah. again, just making sure. So just don't go overboard on liver. People don't so much eat. Yeah, it's not really now, a thing. You know? <laughs> no. but, I mean, I can't say I've ever eaten it. But um, pate, I guess yeah. that's quite common, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. If you're eating, I'll say, so pies or processed foods, sometimes they can use organ meats. Again, if kind of yep. because it, it's cheaper. So again, yeah. uh, just to kind of be, have a little look on on packets. Again, if you eat something accidentally, don't don't worry about it. You know, it's kind of don't have to beat yourself up for the next nine months. Going, oh my god, what have I done? But just kind of go, okay, that's fine. Don't have it again. Yeah, you know, just go that's on the safe good side. Mm -hmm. um, no raw eggs. You know, we're not doing rocky now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking my <laughs> egg white. Yeah. And again, nine times out of ten, if you had a raw egg white, it's not going to have a salmonella in it. There's always runs that risk. And as with anything, why would you risk it? Mm -hmm. Just yeah, make sure everything's cooked well. Yeah. If you like a runny egg, make sure that it's a lion egg. Yes. So it kind of has the lion stamp on it. That makes sure that it's kind of. Um, being reared in, you know, what we call British standards, so everything's yes. okay. And vaccinated um, against yes. salmonella yep. and that kind of thing, yeah. And try to make your your runny egg a bit harder. That, yep. That's kind of the better way. Again, a little bit of runny egg, don't worry about it. So what about products that contain raw eggs? So this is something that has been confusing me since I, because we can't, for example, mayonnaise, yep. right? I'm not a condiment person, but if I'm going to have chips, I want mayonnaise yep. with, my, with that. Obviously, we know mayonnaise is made from eggs. 
if you buy Hellman's, you know that it's British standard, so I trust that brand. But should I be ill-trusting of other brands, for example, that I can't say do use those lion eggs, for example? I think if in doubt, and you do have the option to go for, like say, a Hellman's mayonnaise, go for it. If it's been pasteurised, yeah. then it's going to be fine, because pasteurisation cool. kills off any pathogens. Yeah. And we don't really want to go for non-pasteurised non food anyway. Yeah. Um, in general, but we can't kind of gut health and kefir, and that's a different story. <laughs> but again, mm -hmm. kind of things like mayonnaise, I always want to go for a pasteurised okay. product. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say cover your bases, just, just for nine months, you know, yeah. not, not, not forever. Pay that extra yes. 50p, get a brand that we yes. know about. And it just cool. gives you peace of mind. Yeah. You know, kind of, you don't have to worry about it then. It's yeah. just done. Um, I'll, I'll go for a slight alternative. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be a pasteurised egg that's in those Got types it. of things. So, okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, is there any other things with raw eggs in that I, that was the only thing that I really was like, should I be eating this? And then it's not like I eat a tub of it. Like <laughs> it's rare, rare that I have chips. It's rare that I have mayonnaise and I think I'll sod it a little bit. It's not going to yeah. harm me anyway. Yeah, okay. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, so what about things like, um, if you were, for example, I know, I know this would be a cooked egg. But if you were eating cake, would you need to be worried about the egg that's in the cake? No, so again, it's going to be cooked, so it's going to be fine. Okay. Yeah. So eggs itself, eggs cool. are fine, eggs are great, we love cake, eggs. Cake's good too. Cake is good, eat the cake, <laughs> love the cake. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with a cake. Good. <laughs> eggs, eggs are superb. Eggs are absolutely packed of, again, packed full of minerals, vitamin D, all the, all the essential fatty acids mm. that are in there. Got an amazing egg white, so that's great, but just make sure they're cooked. Cool. <laughs> yeah, don't go having yep. them too raw. Things like smoked fish, a bit controversial. So again, depending on what website you go on, some will say actually don't go for it because it could be high in listeria or does have runs a risk of having listeria. Mm -hmm. What other places are saying smoked fish is, is fine. And again, this is another French thing. You go to France and they'll be like, have smoked salmon, have prawns, da -da -da, go, go mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> babies grow well on this stuff. <laughs> and then you come here and they go, no. But again, I think just to be on the safe side, if in doubt, and unless avoid you, it. Yeah, avoid yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Tuna is another one. Actually, this is another thing. When I was pregnant, I lived on tuna. I love love tuna sandwiches. I was like, I couldn't get enough of them. And then I read something. Oh, you should only have four four um, cans of uh, tuna a week, or two tuna steaks a week maximum because of the mercury and the yeah. heavy metals poisoning. And then I thought, well, oh my god, I've killed my baby. <laughs> she's going to come out as like a lump of mercury. Oh my god. And I remember talking to some other girl, and she's like, well, I have a, I have a tuna sandwich every day. So again. In general, it depends how much you're having of these things. But again, yeah. if in doubt, try and have some variety. Right. Yeah, kind of fish is superb, an amazing source of protein. And um, again, so many kind of iodine and other different kind of um, essential minerals that you're going to get in it. But just don't go, don't go mad. Yeah, go for variety. That's it, but that and it, just talking generally about pregnancy, lots of win it, women experience um, aversions to food, and they also um, the opposite. Yeah. You know, they want to eat one thing and they want to just eat that one thing. So again that one thing we just need to be careful that yes. it's not these extremes yes. right yeah As so like anything. if you're obsessed with tuna have your tuna but don't have it for breakfast lunch and yes. dinner <laughs> <laughs> with anything anything's gonna be good for you absolutely we still don't want to go too crazy about it yeah. you know so it's kind of having this kind of balance yeah and again i don't think any of us really have ever achieved balance <laughs> the whole nature of what all of our hobbies are particularly not well balanced but no. again just go for variety mm -hmm. and that's the main kind of key Caffeine is, is one that we should kind of, obviously any pre-workout, so if you're training, I would never recommend a pre-workout, particularly when you're coming up for pregnancy, yeah. <laughs> just, just to kind of put it there. Absolutely. Um, because they do have a lot of caffeine, they also have kind of like uh, vasodilation products in it, mm -hmm. they also have like beta-alanine, which again, you're just going to feel awful, why would you want it anyway? Well, yeah. you, you don't need it, nope. um, and it has high levels of caffeine, so obviously avoid those, things like monster drinks, high energy yep. drinks, again, you want to avoid those. Maximum of 200 um, micro, um, milligrams per day, mm -hmm. so that's kind of like one and a half large coffees, mm -hmm. so you can still have caffeine, yep. 
but it's just kind of limiting it a little bit and yeah. try to kind of balance it and make sure that you're drinking good water because again you might Some, get dehydrated absolutely and something that um i kind of what well, i was aware of but i made myself aware of it when i became pregnant is that caffeine isn't just in drinks either is it it comes in some foods and well also in coca-cola as yeah. well and dark chocolate so dark chocolate will have mm. about 25 so again, it's much, much smaller, but yeah. it still is in there. So if you're yeah. kind of going, right, well, I need a binge on, <laughs> on something tonight. Yeah. Again, don't worry if you suddenly go over, by like, say, 220. We just, but ideally, just want to be limiting it. If yeah, in doubt. Or if you like decaf, try decaf. You know, yeah. um, sometimes people don't, don't even notice that they've just swapped over. Nope. Some people go completely off the edge. Just like, mm-hmm. see how you feel with that. And I think mm-hmm. it's just worth kind of bringing it down just yeah. slightly. Um, licorice, not that it's that in that kind of. I'm not sure everyone's eating licorice, but <laughs> licorice actually is fine. But licorice root isn't. So again, a lot of um, concepts that people have, and this again, it's in general nutrition. But people often think if something's natural, or it's kind of oh, it's a herbal tea, then it's fine. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, hello, <laughs> dogs come say my hi. Dogs, my <laughs> dogs joined us. Hi, mate. <laughs> but just because something's herbal doesn't mean that it's fine to have lots of it. Again, right. a couple of herbal teas, the, the recommendation basically is two herbal teas a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's just because a lot of the time they just don't know. Yeah. Um, and some herbal teas can start kind of contractions of kind of the uterus, for example, things like marshmallow root, um, raspberry leaf tea people have later on in pregnancy sometimes to try and kind of shift, oh, whether it works or not, we don't know. Oh, no. But they kind of have it to try and kind of shift on um, pregnancy or bring on labour. So it's just worth thinking. Just because it's natural doesn't mean that we can have tons and tons of it. Absolutely. Again, it's still kind of having that, that balance. Are you, the most deadliest things in nature are, are natural. Right. Botulin, toxin. We've also yeah. got things like, um, like belladonna, like deadly nightshade. They are natural plants. Doesn't mean we want to be eating them. No, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So how is that it? Is that our list? That's the main list. Okay. Um, yeah. That's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. And I think just don't go crazy on supplements. I think that's the main thing. Right. One main question I get with quite a lot of people is can they have whey powder? When mm-hmm. they're can I have whey powder? And I'd say, if you're going to have one, but I would never recommend more than one whey powder drink anyway for general people. Yeah. But if you're going to have one, fine. It, there's nothing fantastic or novel or no. exciting in a whey powder. It's no. only a protein fraction. But as with anything, you want to go for whole food first. Absolutely. And that is across the board, whether you're a super elite athlete or someone that's mm-hmm. kind of completely new to it. Whole foods first, because your body recognises it, makes us feel full. We like it. We like eating. Mm-hmm. But a whey powder, if you're on the run and you need to grab something quick, absolutely fine yeah but just don't go overboard i think that's that's interesting it's something that i have always supplemented my diet without do it's not really been something conscious where i've been like i need more protein i know the best route is is a whey powder i just find them to be useful and quite yummy yeah, yeah. as part of your nutrition but since being pregnant i without realizing have kind of stepped away from whey protein yeah. just from eating more um a variety of food which is really strange and people keep asking me about aversions am i having any cravings honestly i could honestly say i haven't had any extremes of either way but my habits and my tastes have definitely changed since being pregnant and what i mean by that is i am someone that i could genuinely eat the same meal for every meal every single day and be fine and be happy as long as they were foods that i i liked and weren't things that i hated which are very few and far between anyway but since being pregnant those desires have changed i.e i want more variety yep. so that must be oh, that's really good yeah it's a good thing and i and i've and i've seen it as my body telling me that i need more variety you know whereas before i would just stick to the same thing because it's easier when i shop um, you know, I know that it works for me in terms of maintaining my um, my physique or and and fueling my performance or whatever it might be. 
now it's like actually my body's telling me I want this or that and things that I wouldn't normally eat but aren't bad for me um actually maybe I should listen to my body which is really cool and I think that what you said earlier about you know listening being in tune with your body is something that it's 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 actually really amazing if we can be in tune with our bodies if you're perhaps not so in tune then just giving yourself an opportunity when you're pregnant to try more things apart from the restrictions is the perfect opportunity and you never know what you might like that kind of craving is actually really really interesting and again kind of a lot of the time when people say, oh, I'm craving chocolate, I'm craving whatever, sometimes it could be just because sugar's on their mind and that's what they want. Sometimes if we delve a little bit deeper, it may be actually that, that, that they want the magnesium that's within it. Mm-hmm. So occasionally there's actually a true need for it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just because we just know that there's a packet of crisps or there's yeah. a big chocolate bar in the fridge and we're like, oh, we want that. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. My friend who had a baby this week, um, she she craved clementines all the way through. <laughs> she was convinced she was going to have an orange child. <laughs> you know, really interesting. <laughs> and then she was like, I've got to about kind of the middle of third trimester, wasn't interested in them at all. Yeah. And whilst I was pregnant, I, I don't know what it was, but I wanted Vimto to the point I've never had Vimto before. That's mad. And I've never drank Vimto since actually the thought of Vimto <laughs> turns my stomach. <laughs> But, my God, she was like, honestly, I have to say, I don't know how I've ended up with this. Does your daughter like Vimto? No, she's like this, she's this super fit, super healthy. I mean, she's very good, very considerable with what she eats. And I think she's kind of taken on board, like, you know, yeah. just the household habits, really, now. But crikey, you know, this girl's, bless her, she was like, she was brought up on, well, developed on a Vimto and, and cream eggs. And, yeah, if only I knew what I knew then. I think the only thing that I have noticed a big change, and I was actually explaining this to my mum, because I think, um, my mum doesn't live in Hereford, so every time I speak to her, which is perhaps once a week every 10 days, she's like, any cravings? You know, because old school, you I think the them. mindset is, well, certainly my mum has shared a few things with me. So my mum's um, 70, um, I'm 34, just about to turn 35, so when she was pregnant with me, there were very little restriction, there was very little recommendation. You could drink as much wine as you wanted, you could drink as much coffee as you wanted, not that my mum did that. She she's not she doesn't drink at all actually, um, and she went off tea and coffee. So she kind of that's did it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, she did actually it. about alcohol. That's one thing I didn't miss, uh, list on the. There you go. Don't have that. That's, that's, that's a, a major one. That's a bit of a no brainer, <laughs> yeah. I think. Though, but, but it's really odd as well around um, cafe, um sort of around um, alcohol. It's kind of it's one of those things people say instead of saying don't have it at all, which would make complete sense. And I like yeah. because it crosses the blood brain barrier. You know, goes, it, the, the baby would would take up. Um, it, it would go through the umbilical cord. But on the flip side, people, some people are like, oh, but maybe have a little bit. And I'm not sure whether it's because authorities are kind of like, they don't want to sound too, you can't take it at all. Mm. But there is no reason why you'd want to take, I don't think, no. alcohol during pregnancy. Yeah. Um, just because there's so much now um, information out there about kind of fetal alcohol syndrome and all the rest of it. Yeah. So again, I think if you're at a, a wedding, like we were saying earlier, perhaps if I was given a, a flute of, of champagne, then perhaps I'd have a few sips of it. Yeah. But... I don't think there's a particular need to be drinking excessively. No, Or even absolutely. drinking at all. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's, yeah, just, yeah. there's a lot of, there's, it's one of the most researched areas mm. and that probably is quite a categorical, yeah. just not a wise thing yeah. to be doing. And if, and if it is something that you're struggling with, then it is absolutely something that you can get help yes. with the yeah. NHS. Yeah. Um, don't, you know, as much as whether any addiction is scary and overwhelming and it's a part of our lives, you know, whatever the addiction might be, it's so important. This is the opportunity you've got to kind of move yeah. forward from it, isn't it? So. I think it's just this incredible kind of pivot point that we kind of generally see them in nutrition. So sometimes it's kind of people are pregnant and they're having a baby. Weaning is another time, and perhaps we'll have a little chat about weaning in the future. Um, then there's kind of, if someone suddenly gets diagnosed with a health complaint, yes. so kind of later on in life, 
and they can be these absolute turning points where people yeah. suddenly kind of readdress themselves and go you know what this isn't instead of looking at it as if oh, I can't have this look at it as if I can have this wow my body is incredible what can mm. I have and mm. I think it's that whole kind of perspective which is quite exciting yeah, yeah. and I've tried to kind of use that in the past where before when I first started training and I think kind of that whole kind of teenage mindset of oh, I can't have this I'm not going to have that I'm going to avoid everything and then it all kind of falls off the wagon if you kind of switch that whole paradigm to kind of I get to eat this yeah yeah um, I want to look after nice. my body my body is incredible yeah and um, I can push it to the limits if it is fed x y and z mm. and exactly the same goes with pregnancy mm. you know if I can feed myself I'm feeding this amazing little person and pregnancy itself blows my mind I know the, the fact it that is. this little person grows and it's it's mad absolutely Crazy. mad you know and you've got this opportunity to nourish this little this little soul as well as yourself which mm-hmm. is going to be amazing absolutely um just to yeah i think what i was going to say is the only thing that i have now been buying every single week in my food shop compared to never buying it not because i didn't like it just because it wasn't part of my nutritionally it wasn't part of a choice really is cheese oh it's interesting yeah yeah but Again, not excess. Yeah, just um, But if I was to go out for dinner, I would be looking for something with cheese. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> maybe a little bit of fat to you, a bit, a bit yeah. of protein, a bit of calcium. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Or maybe it's just my brain going. Providing it's not like blue cheese. cheese. <laughs> no, no, no. It's boring, it's a boring kind of cheese. Um, okay, so something that I've asked every single interview that I've had so far, I thought this is quite a nice thing to ask a nutritionist because not only are you a nutritionist and, um, you know, in much much better than that you know you're a nutrition research scientist so it goes much deeper but you're also heavily involved in the fitness industry do you think that it's possible to change aesthetically i.e improve muscle tone and appearance during pregnancy now i'm not relating that to losing weight or losing body fat i just mean that in the sense of training um, and correct nutrition so I think you can definitely kind of change your nutrition. You don't want to be, it's exactly like exercise. You don't want to suddenly be taking on a whole new training regime when you're pregnant. Yep. That, that would just not be, <laughs> not be worth it. Um, but whilst you're, eat, whilst you're kind of, obviously we've got to eat, but that, that's a fundamental yeah. need for life. So what you're eating, you can change. And again, I wouldn't, again, start kind of cutting out big yeah. food groups, but you can maybe look at kind of what you're eating and start kind of cutting out really high sugar, mm-hmm. start kind of manipulating it. Mm-hmm. And you're probably not going to see a massive change in your body because obviously, of course. You're growing, <laughs> you're expecting yeah. your waist to kind of go up. But you could begin to kind of see different changes, perhaps kind of in, in your arms. Yeah. Um, kind of in, in leg tone, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not kind of at all pushing to the fact that people need to be training excessively no, or, or huge amount of weight training. Yeah. But just looking after yourself. Mm-hmm. And your body is going to, nine months is quite a long time. It <laughs> you is. Know, it's a long yeah. time to change. Um, and equally, it's that, it's that whole kind of acceptance that your body is going to change, mm-hmm. which I think is beautiful. I think it was the only time in my life I genuinely liked my body when I was pregnant, Aww. which was mad. Considering I was very, very fat as well. <laughs> but I think because you, you, you kind of see it in a whole different light. Yeah. But absolutely, I do think you can change your body shape whilst you're pregnant or you can look after it particularly right. well. I think that's the question. That The reason that I've, I've reflected on this and why I was asking the question and a couple of times people have said, you know, why? And I've said, well, more from the point of view of um, being, being a coach who is a CrossFitter who understands or appreciates that CrossFit isn't going to be um, accessible for me the whole way through my pregnancy. Certainly most of the skills I'm going to have to either completely change or not do because it's just not achievable for me. So going back to more traditional resistance training um, is something that I thought was going to be a natural transition to me anyway, which I've already started doing um, and thought, oh, maybe the change of stimulus 
would be a positive would have a positive effect on my um, musculature so it wasn't a thought of i want to change yeah. <laughs> you know and a conscious decision of you know promoting we we can absolutely change our bodies and i don't mean it from that sense because absolutely this is an opportunity to embrace a whole new journey of our body and it changing in a completely new way and it's absolutely amazing what like our bodies our can do as, as you know, keeping you know as muscle bound as possible you know yeah. that's it's only going to be a beneficial thing you know kind of keeping your kind of body mass muscular and obviously after you gave birth you're generally going to have for a few for a few weeks you're going to have a little bit more higher kind of blood volume Mm -hmm. which um if we weren't so tired we could probably utilize yeah yeah quite a good bit of kind of training but it's not going to work um but again (laughs) nothing wrong kind of making sure so long as the food is going in yeah and the quality of food is going in your body composition should remain pretty decent yeah you are going to retain a little bit of water yeah and you will find that, that different areas of your body fit as all kind of sit to different um yeah. sites of fat gain because that's the whole point we need to have those it's a buffering mm. effect to make sure that we can get through pregnancy mm-hmm. again if we were a caveman and we were faced with famine or right but, but again i think sometimes as well we kind of overthink it in this kind of modern era where we are you know take it back a few generations and our grandparents would have been scrubbing floors and being pregnant yeah. they would be you know, being very very physical jobs mm-hmm. and now we're sometimes going oh maybe we shouldn't be walking oh, yeah, no. it's like, walk be exercise oh, go no. to the gym the fitter the person the healthier the person generally the better the labor they're gonna have yeah or the better recovery even if they have to kind of it is funny i'm i'm actually um only just because i'm only really just starting to look a bit pregnant now um but it is funny you see me in the gym and i'm you know consciously lifting but for for me it's light for most people it's pretty strong (laughs) take me out of the gym those same people that i train with on a day-to-day basis oh don't pick that up yeah yeah i'm like (laughs) you were just at the gym with me like (laughs) when i was pregnant i was working in the gym then and they were like oh maybe you need to go and work in the office i was like have you seen how chaotic i am i'm not organized (laughs) so don't leave me in an office at all is I'd be like, oh yeah, because you can't lift it with that back then they have yeah. like risk risk registers, which is fair enough because it protected themselves. Yeah. But I remember reading one thing, I wasn't allowed to pick up something more than five kilograms. And I went to the gym after and I was like bench pressing like kind of whatever. Exactly. And I know, like, makes no sense. I guess that was on my head be it. But again, there's nothing wrong with kind of just good form, look after yourself, yeah, protect yeah. yourself, mm-hmm. make sure obviously you're supported in these things mm-hmm. and then you know your body is only going to be feeling great. Absolutely. Okay, so one final question because my battery on my computer is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Um, to summarise the best advice that you could give someone surrounding ch- changing or altering or adapting their nutrition in pregnancy, what would you say is the most important takeaway from today? So I think really kind of eat little and often or eat regularly. So make sure that you, your body is getting a nice drip feed of food. If you're already keeping to a, to a dietary plan, just have a little look at it really objectively. And yep. think, is it is it sufficient? Is it abundant? Is it balanced? Does it have lots and lots of different variety in it? Mm-hmm. Make sure your water is, is always up, so you're kind of keeping well hydrated. Yep. Don't worry too much. Don't overthink everything. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it is a natural process. Our bodies should naturally kind of evolve into pregnancy. Yep. And just generally enjoy it. Take it as this incredible opportunity to nourish ourselves. Nourish this little person. Because again, it, it's an incredible, it's ridiculous. It blows my mind, pregnancy. It it's is. just ridiculous. It's amazing. And you, you just said nine months is a long time, but actually what we develop in, inside yeah. our bodies is yeah. mad. I mean, it, it's a long time, but it's nothing, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, it's kind of, it, it's enough time that if, if we were saying, right, we're going to run a training regime, you're going to be on a diet for nine months, you'd be like, crikey, that's a long time. Yeah. But actually, in the whole to scheme of things. A, to grow a human. Yeah. Crazy. A whole person. And I then know. they have these little teeny fingers with proper little fingernails. And, I know. And, oh, it's just like, yeah. To this day, I've never, <laughs> never figured it out. <laughs> and she's a scientist, guys. I, like, okay? look, I look at babies now and I'm like, 
Wow. Yeah, and then you, like, you try and like, work out how they would squish inside you. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, well, look, I've really enjoyed, and genuinely, we've been talking for um, around about an hour. Um, I can't imagine editing any of this out. We <laughs> Take it we, we could have talked for hours. Um, it is such an interesting topic. Surrounding pregnancy or not, nutrition is something that, you know, everybody should be thinking about. Um, but thank you so much. Oh, for thank you for inviting me. me. It's amazing. There's it's, so many things that there's like so many tangents we could go off on. Absolutely, but, and I think you mentioned earlier. Um, you're actually working on a study at the moment in relation to weaning. Yes. Is that right? Yes, yeah, so I've been doing some competency groups with weaning, and actually, the biggest nutritional need or intake actually just comes. Kind of when if you decide to breastfeed or if you decide um, to kind of get, go down that route so kind of that's when nutrient intake actually really needs to up okay which is quite interesting so we i think we should get you back when i'm about we to talk breastfeeding yeah. breastfeeding and boobies yeah <laughs> absolutely when when i'm maybe about to drop or when when baby is here so we can talk about that post-pregnancy yep. side of things because i think that's another thing much like what i would liken it to the bodybuilding days where you do a competition and the coach goes cool well done you've done bye and then you yeah. just go nuts and lose your mind and put on loads of weight probably the same in pregnancy you know as much as you continue to see a community with midwife when your baby has arrived the advice i imagine is still quite few and far between yeah. when it comes to nutrition and then you're so, like, at the minute you're kind of looking after yourself with the sort of thing it kind of contained you know yeah. as soon as the baby's born you're like oh my god <laughs> it's like yeah. it's actually when the kind of the bigger and it, it actually it's it seems so bizarre that that is when our nutrient needs increase. Okay. If you are if you are lactating and if you yeah. are deciding to breastfeed, that's when you need to uptake or increase so many minerals and so many vitamins Amazing. and protein and fats. Well, and let's hold that thought <laughs> yeah. and we'll come back and we'll talk about it um, at a later point. But thank you so much. I've um, really enjoyed it and I hope that everybody listening has too. I will um, put Nat's details um, in the notes. So if you want to, I'm sure if you want to hit her up and ask her any <laughs> questions, um, she's amazing and wonderful and looks crazy. Good. Look at you, you have like... baby in you. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could just compliment each That's other gorgeous. all day. Um, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank and um, we'll have you back soon. Yeah. And, I'll come uh, back and annoy you. <laughs> oh, love it. No, not annoying. I find it fascinating. So. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Um, I really hope that you've enjoyed the sort of change of angle this week away from training and into nutrition. If you have any comments or questions or anything that you have kind of been through yourself, your own experiences that you want to share, you can get in touch with me at my email, info at mishapt.com or any of the socials. I'll put all the information in the notes so you can grab and get in touch with us there. So thanks again. Um, I'll be back next week with my in-house midwife Charlotte again for my 20-week scan. I'm so excited, but between now and then, I'm going on holiday. So I'll see you on the other side. Take care, guys. Thanks so much. Bye.